1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Underrated Movie podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss films that are underrated, underappreciated, and under the radar. I am your host, Derek McDuff, and joining me today is Thomas Craig from The Joy Shtick Show and Challenge Accepted. Uh, He comes on, he's a good friend of mine, and I'm, I'm glad he came on the podcast today. How's it going, Thomas?
0: Aloha, buddy. Thanks for having me on. This is exciting.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming on. I've been meaning to get you on for a minute. I'm glad everything finally lined up, worked out, and we were able to get you on. Um, you know, before we dive too much into the film, what can you tell uh, your first time guest here? Not you've been nice enough to have me on your show a couple times, but first time I've been able to get you on here. What can you tell people about yourself and about uh, the shows you're on?
0: Man, where do we start? Okay, so my parents met in night- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, much like I think a lot of people who started podcasting during the pandemic, it was literally a podcast baby, or a pandemic baby, I I should say. And we just kind of got talking, me and my friends from, uh, I guess, about things that we're just watching, reading or playing during the pandemic, as a lot of people were Mm -hmm. meeting online. We'd meet over video games play a video game, and then record the conversation. And thus, the Joystick Show was created. So i The name, I think, kind of speaks for itself. Huh? And uh, from there, I was lucky enough to meet people like you or other people like uh, my friend Frank from the Geek Freaks Podcast Network. And we then developed a show, which is a movie TV challenge show. show. Every week, we challenge each other to a different your show from the past, or maybe things we've wanted to watch and have not. And uh, yeah, we're almost a hundred episodes in Um, we're doing a, a canned food drive for that show on challenge accepted. And whoever's closer, I said, there's no way we're going to get to 10,000 downloads in the first year. He was very adamant about it. He was like, we're definitely doing it right now. We're at about 6,500. So it stays closer to 5,000 made a bet he has to wear a seahawks hat and record our (laughs) finale episode which we have on youtube as well uh vice versa if i lose then i have to wear a cowboys hat um i think i would rather just you know jump off a bridge i don't know man like (laughs) i don't want to do that (laughs) i'm just kidding
1: well i mean as a rams fan i'm not a fan of either of those hats but (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: yeah. So there you go. Right. We all have our own like little personal stake, But either way, it all goes back to a good cause. And nice. either um, my local food bank will get all of the cans that are donated or his local food bank in Sacramento will be getting them. So either way, I think it's it's a win win for, um, you know, fortunate or I guess less fortunate people out there.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's really cool that you're doing that. and. Yeah, I would, I'll say anybody out there who's listening, who has not gotten a chance to listen to uh, Shtick or Challenge Accepted, check them out. They're both great shows. I, I listen to both of them all the time. Thomas always comes in with some great, great insights on each of those shows. Thanks, man. You're too kind. <laughs> no that's,
0: that's not true at all. My yeah, my calls <laughs> are all great. And then I just uh, try to come in there and tell them what the news said. I just read it <laughs> verbatim. So if you want to hear funny people reacting to the news, then yeah, check out those shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But today, you know, that's those are usually more kind of geared towards a little more current stuff typically, or maybe stuff that's a little more pop culture-y than I guess the movie we were going to be discussing today, uh, which is why I'm excited to talk to you about it um, for a number of reasons. But the movie today, uh, I haven't mentioned yet, is The Sound of... Me- or just Sorry, there's no the, it's cleaner. Sound of Metal, uh, a 2020 film from uh, Darius Marauder, uh, written by Marauder and his brother with Derek France sharing a story credit with him. But yeah, this is a movie that originally it came out in, got a festival run, came out at TIFF in 2019, got snatched up by Amazon Studios and was all geared up for a 2020 release. Of course, we all know it happened in 2020. And so kind of because it was... Through Amazon. It got put on Amazon. It got a much smaller release uh, in November of 2023. But yeah, this is a, a film about, uh, where stars Riz Ahmed as a uh, heavy metal drummer uh, who loses his hearing, who is also a recovered addict or recovering addict. And he goes and has to f- essentially find a new community. Uh, he joins a deaf community that is a, so we can have something of a sober living while he was experiencing all this. But yeah, Thomas, I I sent you a while back a, a list of movies that I had my, had earmarked to cover at some point. This is one, you know, that right. As soon as I watched it, I was like, man, I got to cover this at some point and underrated back in 2020. So I first of all I apologize that we couldn't cover Big Fish because as soon as I sent that same list out to a bunch of people, that was the first one claimed by my friend and co-host on um Midnight Film Society, Damon Damien. Yeah. Uh, so, and you, so you guys
0: did a great job with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's just yeah, it was funny. As soon as I saw the list, I was like, Big Fish. That's my favorite movie <laughs> of all time. You also did it on Challenge Accepted, and you can hear me gush all about it over there. But uh, no, you guys did a fantastic job with your rendition of a uh, big fish. It was great.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Your episode was great too. I listened to that big fish episode on Challenge Accepted. It was it was really good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, but so since that one was off the table, uh, this is another one that you sent over as one you wanted to do. What drew you to this film, and and I guess in general, what do you think of it?
0: Yeah. So great question. I think that. You know, I was in the pandemic again, I've already mentioned it just like everybody else and and things seemed pretty somber. Um, For me personally, I had just gotten out of an accident, a pretty bad one in 2019. And I was in the hospital up until 2020. And as soon as I got out of the hospital, it was like, boom, pandemic. So uh, you know, it was just a rut of a couple years for me. And this movie popped up on Amazon and it just looked incredible. I had seen some positive reviews about it going on. And yeah, as soon as I hit play on this movie, uh, the intensity and also kind of relating to the character, he was forming this disability while I was, you know, now consider myself a part of the uh, disability community as well. I think that, yeah, it just kind of hit me in such a deeper and, I don't know, just connected with me so much. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think there's, there's a lot of positivity in it as sad as it can be sometimes. And as realistic and gritty as it can be uh, on how life can just beat you down at the same time, it just, there was a lot of things about it that really lifted up my spirits. And when I, when that movie finished for me, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is something that I feel like so many people need to see for various reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Whether you have a disability or not, whether I think it's everybody's fear to lose a sense, right? It's age-old uh, Reddit question: uh, Would you rather be blind or would you rather be deaf? Right? It's like right, me right. neither. Like I don't want <laughs> yeah. either one of those things, right? And you know, it, it's um, just hits you really hard. And I don't know. I I think it helped me kind of hope a little bit in some ways with what I was dealing with at the time, and uh, still continues to do that. It just It's such an amazing film.
1: Yeah, that's really cool, man. And it's, you know, this is a movie that it really had a big impact on me when I saw it too, obviously, you know, we're still really in the thick of the pandemic. Um, you know, we were starting to come out of lockdown by the point it comes out, but, you know, it really was just, it was still all around us. The world had changed so much. And I think that this movie, it's something you touched on really well and you talk about relating to it through your own experiences. And I think that great movies are just these kind of empathy machines that kind of put you in someone else's experience. So you can either relate to it and be like, this is similar to something else I've gone through. Or even if you can't relate to it, you might know other people who have, or the movie will just make you understand something you would not have been able to understand. And, you know, I haven't gone through anything like similar to that, but you know, my dad has when he had a stroke a few years back which is something ironically also, you know, I talked about a lot in the big fish episode, but you know, it's about losing something, you know, that maybe means the most to you because his hearing and his music just means so much to him. And it made me really think about, you know, what if I was unable to write? So, I mean, I uh, it would be, you know, a different thing. But this movie really puts you in the mindset of someone who is using that. And it uses the language of film so effectively and so smartly. To make you feel exactly what it's going through in both its editing and its sound design, which it is no mistake that it won the Oscars in both of those categories. The way that, you know, he will, they will have the ringing come in and it will just put you honestly, immediately in his perspective of someone who is losing his hearing and just put him in this experience of like feeling like you're losing the thing that means the most to you and how devastating that is and it they do it a couple different ways throughout the course of the film and it's really effective especially at the beginning when he'll it'll show his perspective and it'll just cut it'll be the rock show and it'll just cut to him and he's just drumming and you can it's just muffled or when he you know spoilers for all this when he finally gets the cochlear implants at the end and it's not what he's experiencing and the absolutely most heartbreaking one is it's you know his his girlfriend Who's played uh, brilliantly by Olivia Cook, uh, Lou, is singing that beautiful song. And then it just kind of slowly fades from the sound that everyone else is hearing to the sound that he's hearing. And it's just this distorted thing. And it's yeah, so heartbreaking. Mechanical. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's, yeah, mechanical, exactly. It's, it's so, because it's not what he wants, is, you know, and it kind of speaks to sometimes, yeah, you, you do lose things you do lose pieces of yourself you do lose these things that you that mean the most to you and sometimes a lot of the times you can't ever get those things back and rather than just struggling and finding to like okay like i've got to get back to what it was before it's it's you've got to kind of learn sometimes to accept things for the way they are and to realize that the new reality the new truth might not be all bad and i think that that stillness that the a character played by uh paul racy uh Joe who is the yeah, Joe yeah, the guy who runs old
0: Joe with that ponytail <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so good in this uh got nominated for you got nominated for the best supporting actor, I believe, but he he talks about the stillness he's like makes him sit in that room and he doesn't seem to he starts to kind of get it, but he gets it a little bit, and then finally at the end, when he takes out the cochlear implants and he just sits in that silence, you're like, damn, this is this is it. This is this is fucking beautiful. And he's finally right. able to let that all really wash over him.
0: You're so right. I, I think the two things you said there that really stuck out to me were kind of trying to accept things as they come. You know, it's it's not easy. As you know, I have a prosthetic on my hand now, and... That's just one sign of something I kind of lost in my accident. But at the same time, you know, I kind of lost this path that I was on. A lot of my life, I was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to be. And and what I figured about figuring out who I wanted to be was like, what I did was who I am. I don't know if I believe that any more strongly. I, I think it determined the way you look at life the way you approach things in life uh, obstacles, good or bad, but I also think that it's it's challenging to just accept it for how it is. It's not easy, but you know I, I think as we learn and we grow you you can kind of start to handle things and and adapt to it better if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, again I you know I, I really thought I was going to be a commercial pilot. And that was it. I had changed. At this point, I had already changed my life. So it was right before I turned 30. I was like, I'm going, I saved up for a year. I quit my job. I moved halfway across the country and I went full time into becoming a commercial pilot. And that's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. I went to the school, you know, I was building hours. I got a job back here in beautiful San Diego. No complaints about that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I was doing that. But then, you know, I was in a bad accident. And when I woke up, I was severely burned and, and I had lost limbs. And and I thought my life was over. I lost my job. I, you know, I, I mean, I did. I, I thought I, had, I lost everything about who I was. And I think that, you know, I, I guess I can relate that. much to what ruben goes through in this movie is like who you know maybe who am i if i can't drum who am i if i can't be in this band and i can't perform like it was so instrumental to who he was and what do you know and i think for me it wasn't just like the physical inabilities but it was like there was a lot of confidence that was lost and I never thought of myself as like I'm this brave guy, but you know, I think there was so much fear that was put into me after my accident. It made me really nervous. And so when I'm watching this movie and I'm watching Ruben I have to navigate this realization of like, am I still me? Am I still do I still have anything if I can't hear? Sure. And it's about who I am. It just yeah, I think that part just really, really hits me hard.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. i honestly, thank you for sharing. Cause like, yeah, this is that really, I mean, it, it even affects me, you know, like, and I, like I said, i am not going to anything like that. And I have to say, man, like you, like I really like every time I talk to you, you always have like the most positive, best attitude. So like, I think that Tell my you, wife you, that,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, you, uh, you, like Ruben have just the way you got like Ruben, the, that, you know, piece that he's found at the end, you know, I, I I think that's so important. And I think that's something I I feel a lot with you, you know, like you, you've gone on this, you know, whole other journey now where you're like a podcaster and, and we we were talking before the show about just how rewarding and amazing that has been. And uh, that kind of segues a little bit into something else that, that really I love about this movie. And that is just kind of the, the found community, you know, and not that saying podcasting is, is not all the same as, as joining the deaf community, but that's that's something that personally um, was really meaningful to me in watching this movie uh, because, you know, Ruben is basically, he's an outsider who goes deaf and then at first he's very, very resilient to be a part of this community. He wants nothing to do with it as we see, like he just sees it as a pit stop as a way for him to like, you know, just find be sober here, get the implants uh, and then move on and I I was lucky enough to you know when I was in high school, I took sign language and I took it for three years and there's actually a, some there's a really great community deaf community hard of hearing people as well uh, in Orange County and I was kind of a little bit you know on the just kind of like Ruben a little bit of an outsider on that but I was still very very accepted by that community it's a community that still to this day means a lot to me um, you know I was given. Uh, a name sign by a deaf person which i think is still really cool it's something that comes up in the movie you know ruben's name sign where it's like the the C next to his eye the kind of owl half owl thing which i think is great and yeah yeah, yeah. so like that that sense of a found community is so important and then he he does kind of lose that at the end because he he gets this implant and as as uh, joe says like this is like the, the the deafness is not something to be fixed You know, that's a big, big theme in in this. And, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of really great movies that deal with the deaf community. Children of a Lesser God's a really good one. Coda. Coda, Yeah, I was going to say Coda, which is great. I'm always a little bit. I love that movie. It's a great movie. It's a, to me, it's like, it comes out a year after this. It wins Best Picture. And I'm kind of like a little bit bitter, bitter that I was like, this should have been the one. Because like Coda is like, it's like a good Disney Channel movie. And it's, you know, it's a little bit more
0: like poppy than this one is for sure. Yeah.
1: And it's told from the perspective of a hearing person, whereas this one is someone who starts as hearing, but joins the deaf community. And I think that's that's really important. And yeah, just the way, like I mentioned before, that the sound design is used in this one is so really invests you and makes you kind of relate to someone who would be going through all of this in a way that I don't think Coda necessarily does anything like that. But it's not just the sound design that gets you in on his journey. Something I noticed this time watching it, because this is only, it's a movie that I love a lot, but I, I hadn't watched it since seeing it originally in 2000. It was either late 2000 or, or 2020, I mean, um, or 2021.
0: Yeah, let, likewise for me too. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: But something I noticed this time is that the first half when Ruben goes to the place, when he sees everyone signing around him, when he's very much feeling like an outsider, when he doesn't want to be there, there's no subtitles when any was signing. It's all just you're in his perspective. He doesn't understand. You don't understand. I maybe get a little bit more than the average viewer because I know sound language. I've honestly forgotten so much. I used to be fluent and I'm nowhere near fluent anymore. But yeah, you're, that's impressive, do... man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's it's been a lot. I've forgotten a lot, but um. But, you know, he you are just in that with him watching from the outside, experiencing this. And then at about the halfway mark after that great scene where he builds that connection with the kid where he's drumming on the slide and he realizes, oh, no, this thing that I thought was completely gone. It's it's still here. It's just there's a different way about it. There's it's a different way to experience this
0: yeah it's like just it's just received differently like Mm -hmm. it's the same skill but just yeah you know the way people can receive it now isn't the way that used to be able to and yeah i again I, i think you hit on so many good things there and the things that for me stood out were one the community especially after you've always developing different types of community You know, I I, I think whether you're directly affected by an incident, I mean, if you're the one in it, in the situation, or if you're, you know, related to somebody or you're a friend of somebody. Basically now for me, you know, I'm a part of a burn survivor community, an amputee community, like those things. But I think what made me start to heal really, wasn't a part of those community as much you know like i still relate to that and i see things pop up on tiktok or instagram and i'm like oh right on for this person and everything i think the community again you were talking about for me was like podcasting i needed needed a challenge that wasn't just physical health like it wasn't i needed a challenge that wasn't just like you know hopefully i just let time Just heal this, you know, and podcasting, I think, gave me that opportunity much like this. I mean, Ruben, this time around watching this movie for me, I feel like he was less resistant than I remembered watching it the first time. The first time I watched it, it felt like he was resistant the Mm -hmm. whole way through the movie. And I guess you could say to some degree he is up until he gets the cochlear implants. At the same time, um, he kind of starts integrating his life into the deaf community a lot sooner i feel like Like, he's engaging with those kids he starts engaging with the people at the home a lot faster him and him and joe like i kind of forgot uh you know after the first time i watch it how close him and joe become and how much of a betrayal it is at the end and he's like i got the surgery i got the deed done you know and it's I, i forgot about that And the other thing I just kind of Mm -hmm. wanted to briefly mention was, you know, you saw we went to San Diego Comic-Con, like I I have this metal prosthetic on my hand to replace some of the fingers that I lost. But, you know, when people were telling me, hey, you know, you're going to be able to get this prosthetic, maybe you're going to be able to get this or that or the coolest new thing out there, right? and then when i was finally able mm-hmm. to get the one i have and, and don't get me wrong i'm super fortunate i'm super thankful for it i i feel super blessed to have it and it has helped my life out tremendously tremendously it's not the same as having your fingers it's not the same as like being able to like, reach in your pocket and just touch things or like rest with it you know like if i want to go to sleep i have to take it off or i can't feel what's in my pocket and those kind of things like it, it, again as fortunate as it is It doesn't quite live up to what you had before. And I think that part in this movie hits me so hard when he gets the surgery and he first starts testing it out with the audiologist and it doesn't quite work the way he's wanted. He's like, no, you know, keep messing around. Like, can you change this? Can you change that? And they're like, this is it. Like, this is the best it's going to be. I feel like that part hits me so, so much harder now. You know, and I of course I didn't watch this before, Mag. But if I did, I think it would have hit yeah. me a thousand times harder because you're like, it's not gonna live up to what it was before, and thus, you know, back to what you were saying earlier, it's like you have to learn some a little bit of acceptance with it, and it's hard, not always easy, but it does eventually maybe maybe provide you with some peace.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely, and I think this movie does a really good job of showing once he like we said at the end when he kind of finally completes his arc and he's able to find that piece and he takes takes out the implants. Which you know I want to say like real fast like you know I know in the deaf community that is a real topic of debate about cochlear implants. And me as a hearing person, you know I'm not going to come down on one side or the other. That's not my place at all. But I know that that debate is something that a lot of deaf people have very strong feelings about. But you know, even before that, like you said, it's, he's less resistant than you imagined. And I think, you know, a big, big swing point is I mentioned that the first half of the movie, there's no subtitles for the de- for any of the signs. And then at about the halfway point after he has that connection and he starts to really feel like a piece of the community, there are subtitles. And you're in there right there with him experiencing that. You're like, he's in this community. He feels like he's not an outsider anymore. And neither do you because you are you are seeing everything. You are able to kind of fully understand. It's doing more stuff with the sound design that makes you really get into it. He has now found a way to implement what he loves, his drumming, into his life, and he's teaching other people. And I think all of that is is just so cool. And through that, you know, we've we've been lucky enough to find this community in podcasting. Uh, we've, you know, we've hung out in real life. We, you know, we met on the internet and Then we were going, hang out at Comic-Con, you know,
0: exactly. IRL baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think, <laughs> I, I think that is, is so important and it's, and you obviously it can, it can be like, you can relate to it in terms of something that happens to you, you know, physically that you lose or something that you go through you you know you touched on this with what happened to you uh with your accident i I'll, i've seen a lot of parallels with you know my dad over the years going through his rehab after he had his stroke and all that stuff but it doesn't even have to be that it can be really like losing anything and just realizing that something in your life you can't get it back and i think it's really smart to have the olivia cook character in this movie because it's not just his dream and this physical thing that he loses because his, this love that he has in his life is so important. And you see, they have like a real deep, important connection. And when they say to each other, you saved my life, you saved my life. You believe it. Like, you know, these people, both addicts and they, there's so much just subtext and smart things that are shot, you know, like you see the cuts on our arm early on, Um, you know, you have that thing where he's like, how long have you, how long have you been, recovery, four years. How long have you been in this relationship? Four years. So they were obviously there for each other. But, you know, then she goes yeah. back to France. Oh, my God. She reconnects with her dad. Yeah. And so- he- yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I cut you off there. I was just going to say that line, though, no, 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 you no. know, where Joe is asking him, like, how long were you in the relationship? And he was like, four years. That That just hit me so hard, you know, where she was at that time, the community he needed. You know, community doesn't always need to be a bunch of different people it doesn't need to be you know 20 10 5 people sometimes it could just be one and i think that that part right there was like wow i think that hit me really hard and then um just the beautiful little character moments between them you know where they're just kind of playing some music in the rv and they're dancing together and he's just kind of holding her and they're swaying back and forth like some of that just feels so intimate and so special just makes sense. So when you get to that moment that you're talking about, where they are holding each other in France and they're on the bed crying and you know, like you saved me, you know you're my whole heart. It just it just makes it so much more devastating. But they're not those people. I I don't know. Do you ever does it ever say in the movie how long that time frame is from when he goes to the deaf community to the time he gets to see her? What? time frame do you have in your mind
1: yeah that's i was always curious about that because he does learn sign he's like he's basically fluent so i was like i'm like i wonder how long it took him obviously i guess he would have been essentially in total immersion there so i guess it would have been pretty quick so i i don't know my my time frame i always imagine like six months uh i have no way to back that up but like that's what do you think
0: that's exactly what i was thinking (laughs) exactly six months. Yeah, because I was like, okay, it has to be long enough for him to, again, like you were saying, get immersed in sign language, learn it, then also kind of build this community, then sell his stuff, then get to Paris, and then for her to have moved on. And I feel like six months in my head is is that amount of time where you're like, okay, it's it's enough for everybody to almost move on to a different life, you yeah. know, and... When you think about it that way, if they haven't been together for six months, he he could have missed things. But also, like, they're just not the same people anymore at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, that, it it all just works so well together. I just love, like you were saying, the subtext of just, it feeds you these little scenes. You bite on it, and then it just, it kind of lingers there it comes to play a bigger factor and for me where it kind of crescendos is that point when they're on the bed yeah together and they break down crying holding each other it's just that that realization right there is and wow yeah. amazing yeah
1: because that that whole the arc with her is just perfectly intertwined with his arc of you know his deafness where you know he started the movie he's in this place that he's doing this dream that he really wants to do he's on the road with his girlfriend being in this band. And then that all gets taken away from him. And he has this idea, like, I'm going to go get it all back. I'm going to get these implants. I'm and then we're going to, I'm going to go get her back. And we're just going to go back and do it. And then he gets the implants and it's not quite the same. And then he goes and gets try, and he goes and finds her. And they still clearly like love and appreciate each other, but they know it's not quite the same. They can never really go back to what they were she is in a much better place and i think that really speaks to you know sometimes things that are really important and meaningful in your life are not permanent and they they're not going to be there forever whether that's a person or a job or something you're experiencing life is all about unexpected change and a person especially can be so so deeply meaningful to you and like change you as a person and save your life and get through through the hardest times but you might whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or whatever else you might eventually just go in different paths and it might not be be because of anything either you guys do it might be like in this case completely external circumstances and that's why i'm a really big sucker for brief encounter movies like la la land or like brief encounter or you know like any of those Portrait of Lady on Fire is another one. Any of those movies where it's all about this hugely monumental person in your life. And it's not that's not going to be the end, but they still mean so much to you. And and you just kind of have to at the end, let that go. It's devastating. And this does that as kind of a subtext to the whole journey he's going on and he, he has to say goodbye to her, and then he has to take out his cochlear implants and say, it's unreplicatable. That my past life is done. What is my new life going to be?
0: Yeah. It's all right, man. It's, uh, it's so incredible. It's just a good reminder. You know, I'm, I keep making <laughs> this... like I'm trying not to make it just about me. No, but no, it, you, you it have a personal
1: of... connection to this movie. I, I think that's really profound. Oh,
0: thanks. I, I think... It shows me, and it's a constant reminder, and and movies like this are a reminder of that, is everything has a time limit. And sometimes that time is a day, a week, sometimes it's 20 years, 30 years, but one day it will be the last time someone is a professional basketball player playing in a game. Sometimes it is the last letter you're going to write someone, or the last phone call you're going to have with them, and you just don't know when that time is up. And this movie just kind of shows that, you know, it wasn't the way they wanted to go, and it's beautiful that they got to say goodbye on their own terms. But yeah, this opportunity for him to accept what is, and that he has moved on, and that it's it's not going to be what he thought it was. His life isn't amounting what he thought it was going to would be, and. I don't know. I just love that idea of, of that. There's this lesson of maybe appreciate what you have while you have it, you know? And then also when, when it's time to let it go, yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah. It's going to be painful, but at the same time, like you can, you got to appreciate that when you have to find a way to move forward because it, things are ahead i mean there's that moment too where he's playing with the kids Mm -hmm. in the in the garden and they're running around and they're playing that game or he's drumming in the class and he smiles you know, yeah. and if you juxtapose that with the guy who's trashing everything in the RV, you're like, that guy will never be happy again. With the way he's devastated when she gets in the taxi or the Uber on the way to the airport, you're like, he's his heart is broken. How does that guy ever get back to a place where he ever feels good again, but we see him smile and he kind of half-heartedly smiles when he sees her in Paris, but then it's never real. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think the last time we ever see him be real... And truly happy is with those kids or at the community center, hanging out with his friend in the RV, talking about tattoos or, hey, look, she's a babe. (laughs) Like that, that I think is, you know, it just kind of shows you, you know, your life isn't over because something, what you think is your life, if that ends, doesn't mean it's over. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful message
1: in itself, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about like him being really happy and stuff in the community. And I think, though, like, and that's, you know, I think that that la- I keep coming back to that last shot, because we've talked about, obviously, how important community is. And I think we both really agree on that. But ultimately, it does come down to self-acceptance. And that is the final step. in is this is him sitting there in the silence, in the self-acceptance and understanding really who he is and how everything is different and being able to move on because only you can do it like it's you know it sounds cheesy but it really has to be no matter how good the community is around you no matter whoever's there for you if you can't like accept things about yourself and accept the change and live your life and and understand it then that, that's it and he does get to that place at the end and I think that is an it's one of my favorite endings of a movie honestly that, and that's why I keep harping on it
0: Oh man. That's awesome to hear that. I mean, cause you've watched a lot of movies and I feel like you've loved a lot and you have not loved a lot. So I think this is like, I think it's beautiful that this, this movie's ending sticks out to you. It's this ending. This time I watched it, it hit me so much differently than the first time I watched it. And it so sad the first time I watched it that they didn't work out. Mm-hmm it was so sad that you know he did all these things to get back to his life with lou and then all of a sudden you know that they both realized that that life is in the past it's not going to work moving forward and this time there was i think i'm in a better place than where i was the first time i saw it you know like Mm -hmm. now i think i have been able to accept who i am and what i went through a lot more than when first watched this movie but it is the hardest thing in the world and just want to make sure I put it out there. It's like, it's not easy to accept everything about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think it's like one of those things way easier to say it than to do it. And so many times, you know, I, 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 wanted to wake up in the morning and wish what had happened to me had not happened. And I'm sure Ruben was thinking that the whole time and no way that these implants are going to be, they're going to, they're going to change everything. They're going to allow me to go right back to drumming, go right back to Lou and, and form the band again. We're going to pick right back up on the tour. I mean, you can even see it when he gets the call from the manager and she's, or she's talking to the manager and he's like, he's going to find us a place and she finds a facility. He can. not hear a thing, and she hands him the phone, and he's like, Yeah, man, it's fine. you know, I got a little ear thing, but don't worry, I'm gonna get a surgery. We're gonna get right back. But you know, he was in denial, and, and it's just so hard sometimes to accept that part of you, but it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself. I think in any situation, whether you've gone through a big traumatic event or whether you have had a ton of little traumas through an extended amount of time, it's accepting that side of you and the good, the bad, the ugly, and then saying, all right, well, how do I live life from here? How do I move on from here? And I think that is, it's so powerful because in that short little scene as he's walking through the streets of Paris and the cars are going by and the bicycles are ringing in his ear. And it just sounds like it's going through a mechanical cord and pipe and everything's tinging and pinging when he sits down and he finally sees that clock and knows like, I just have to take these things off to experience this silence, experience this moment and just accept this, this moment. It's just, you're right. It's just a beautiful, beautiful ending.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I I I can't say it any better than that. That's thank you so much. Like that's that's incredible. So you know, I think I can't. Yeah, I can't say anything else. So that's. I'm gonna. I want. I want to just switch gears here. (laughs) Because sorry, mic drop. I'm out. Yeah, no, that was great. (laughs) So there, I just want to yeah, kind of then switch gears here because, like you said, beautiful movie, amazing, amazing story, incredibly profound. But this movie, as I alluded to in the intro, comes out and becomes kind of one of these almost lost COVID movies. I feel like, you know, 2020 was a weird year for so many reasons, but also becomes a weird year for movies. And, you know, you see a lot of movies that either got pushed back or they kind of, they they came out in these, they just got put straight to VOD or whatever it might be, and, or they had very limited releases, and they get to the VOD, and that it kind of like they even the Oscars were really weird that year. Like, uh, what was it? Will
0: Smith um, didn't slap anybody. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, what one that year? It's the Chloe Zhao movie. Um. Oh my gosh. Oh um. Nomad. Land, Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nomad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just
1: a weird year for that movies. Movie was,
0: it was. I really liked that movie, but it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was strange considering what else was on the docket. I think.
1: Yeah, and you know, so un unlike a lot of other years where this might have, you know, it it got it came out. The festival was kind of festival darling, and then the world changed. I think if this had maybe come out in another year, you know, obviously it gets in the Criterion Collection, and people like you and I know about it. But I think that this movie was always going to be a hard sell for like maybe general audiences, but really in 2020 it just got buried with it. I think maybe even the, all, everything getting pushed out to VOD might've even buried it more because things you would normally see in a theater, it, this little indie movie that's an Amazon original had to compete with, you know, now tenants out on DVD or, or streaming or like Bill and Ted going straight to streaming, all these things, you know, I like both those movies, yeah, but good boy. like it's not going to be able to compete with those. And I think that a lot of these movies in 2020 got swallowed up. They got, Pushed aside, they got whatever, and and this is definitely one of them. I don't. Do you have any thoughts about just kind of the weird, that weird twenty twenty time frame and how it affected movies like this?
0: You're so right. I think you nailed it because everybody was like uh, dumping everything on streaming, and I don't know really why I decided to like put it on one night, other than you know I heard some good things about it, and. It looked cool, like just that art of Riz Ahmed behind the drums and like the sound of metal. And then I, you know, randomly if I see a movie and I do judge books by its cover all (laughs) the time, but I usually try to take a step forward and I'll at least watch the trailer on it. And that trailer hooked me right away. But yeah, I agree with you. I think there was too many other things just kind of dropping all over the place and it just got buried by all these other things. And it's unfortunate that it did because it's such a special movie. It's you're so right. Like in any other year, uh, you know, if it came out the same year as Coda, like I don't know if you choose Coda over this. Mm -hmm. Although Coda is one of my favorite movies. But I maybe that did come out in 2021, but it's just so beautiful and uh yeah, I'm just surprised that this people don't hear about this. But I appreciate that you've highlighted it. It's it's so special. Yeah, yeah. I don't, do you have do you have anything to say maybe about Riz Ahmed being the star? Because you, I was pretty unfamiliar with him before I watched this movie, and after I watched it, I was like, I got to see more of this guy. Like, I got to see more of what he's in. And then I'm like, oh, he's in Rogue One. I can't think of anything else on the top of my head, but I'm like, I've seen him other places.
1: He's the, like, yeah, he's one of those, he's like a, that guy, he like, he's like the villain in the first Venom movie. Like, oh,
0: um, right, right. Yeah, he shows yeah. up in
1: like a, some, like a lot of indie roles too. In addition to those big movies we mentioned, but I've, I've always been a very big fan of Riz Like I think he's an absolutely incredible actor. He gives, a, and we said, there's lots of great performances in this. Paul Racy's is really good. He's, he actually is COTA. He's His parents were deaf. Um, there's a lot of deaf actors in this. Uh, Olivia Cook's really good in this. But I think Riz Ahmed is so phenomenal in this. Like, this is, like, one of the great performances as far as I'm concerned. Like, this should be studied. Like, the way that he is able to just... He, you really are... A, a, like I talked about how you feel connected to this character. And a big part of that is the way the film is shot, designed, the script but it doesn't work if he's not so good. And he is so good. And it's not just that he, his acting is incredible. Like his physicality is so good. Apparently Darius Marauder and um, Derek Seinfrance, who I'm, by the way, big fan of his. Um, He, most of the movies that he writes or does the story for, he also directs. I'm a big fan of like a couple of films he did with Ryan Gosling, like Place Beyond the Pines or uh, some, some of those. But apparently they were looking for this is uh Darius Marauder's first uh and only to this day directorial credit and he was looking for like a lead actor for like I think it said 13 years or something like that uh Holy and he crap. found him yeah and he found him in Riz Ahmed. and Riz Ahmed like really like took this role very very seriously to the point where he would apparently he would uh study he would do practice drums for two hours a day and he would work out for two hours a day to get in the physical shape that he would look like this character and he also uh, learned Sign for two hours a day and that's something that I was very impressed by I and me just because I I know Sign I can always kind of tell when somebody's doing a good job and when they're faking it you know like you yeah. can always like like okay this guy is pretty good you know like Children of a Lesser God which I mentioned before well, that's I, I want to say Kevin Costner is in that and you know he's fine he's not great um like his signing is like okay or like i i remember a while back i was watching with my roommate at the time showed me Ch- uh, miracle on 34th street the, the remake not the good one oh, okay and yeah there's like a scene where like santa claus has to like sign sign to a deaf kid and i was like that santa does not know so like that was like clue like somebody on the day was like all right move your hand like this and do it like this. Like it was right. very rigid, but like just Ahmed, copy
0: everything I do for yeah. the next five minutes or whatever.
1: Exactly. And Riz Ahmed, like you were like, wow, no, this guy knows sign. He's not just like, no, someone wasn't like, Hey, just do this, do this. Like, no, he completely knows it. His dedication to this role is, is astounding. Honestly. I don't know. What what did you think about him?
0: You're, you're so right, man. It, just that I, I, I'm impressed by all the background. Knowledge that you just dumped there because I was like, without really knowing any of that, you know, his dedication, you could just see it in his face. At the same time, he looks like he can really drum, he looks like he really learned sign, like all of those things. And it, it's because he did. And you know, there's a certain level of like, what's acting like? Are you acting if you really can do those things, or are you acting if you're just pretending to? I mean, I think there's different schools of thought on it, but there's some part of it where he was embodying this character and I don't know if he would consider it method or not, but the things that he can do with his face and his reactions is priceless. Mm-hmm. There's this moment where, again, he gets the cochlear implant on and he's sitting with the audiologist because I keep coming back to this moment because he, you know, the, the doctors turning up the dial, or clicking on different things on the computer to make it this or that or whatever. And you could just see him like trying to put on a good face at the same time, kind of realizing like, Oh shit, I did all of this. Is it going is it for nothing? Did I sell the RV? Did I sell all my equipment? Did I lose my best friend, my new best friend, my, my potential jobs, all these connections I've had for these implants for no reason. And that realization on his face, I feel like I'm just going to always be able to see that There's, there's another moment too, where he first gets, he he goes into, I think it's like a CVS or a Walgreens. And like, Mm. he's telling the guy like, Oh, you know, I can't hear you. I'm deaf. Like you got to write it down. You got to write it down. And they're like, we set up this appointment for you, you know, go to this address. Basically he goes there and they're doing the hearing test on him. He's saying things like he really can't hear what the guy behind the screen is saying And then I love how the camera just kind of backs out and these different moments, you know? Oh, oh, another one where he's sitting around the table with the rest of the community and they're all signing together at dinner. You could tell he doesn't know what's going on, but he wants to. Like those moments, I'm like, God, I don't know who else could do it. Uh, I know there's other actors out there that can. He felt like that one in a million casting that they just got perfect for those like little moments Moments where you just get to look into his eyes and see like whatever he's realizing it's just incredible i i yeah i don't know why i haven't looked up more of his movies because like i obviously loved him in this and i haven't like sought after more of what he's done but i want to see him in more things after this
1: yeah like he's so good and a lot of times you know uh he's been like a supporting character like he's uh did you ever see nightcrawler with jake gyllenhaal
0: i haven't it's on the list okay
1: he yeah. he's he's like a supporting character in that. He's he's really great in that. So yeah, I'm a really big fan of his. Um, real fast, I just want to correct myself. Earlier, uh, I said that it was Costner in Children Lost God. That's wrong. It was William Hurt. My mistake. I just wanted to mm. <laughs> clear the record for that. But yeah, he he in this is so good. You you mentioned the facial expressions he's given, like at that dinner scene, and then as a he looks just like he's an outsider, and then his fa- the way he's just. He lights up and his face changes when he's become part of this community. Like just his he does out these acting with his eyes and his smile. It's so subtle and a lot of times I think that we tend to reward really big performances and there are big moments when he like freaks out or is like drumming and stuff like that. But he's also doing a lot of really subtle stuff that is I really I definitely appreciate.
0: Oh my god, yes. Absolutely.
1: I did want to ask a question about so this movie is you know, obviously, one, we've had a lot of great discussions about how you related to this really personally, about, you know, how he went through all this and how you would, had kind of a parallel track that you were going through when you related to it. Uh, what's another movie that you would say is a good movie for someone who is going through hard times?
0: I was like, just say Koda, But I'm like, no, he can't say that again. <laughs> I was like, that's such an easy way out. Let's think. I'm trying to think of what movie kind of it's so cheesy because it's not like they answer that people who probably listen to you in a, and you're so smart and you're so like well versed wow. in movie analysis and stuff and when I talk to you I'm like God, I gotta like study up because I need to get <laughs> Half of where you're at. I mean, this is true. Yeah, yeah. most of the time, like, I I hang out with Uh, a a bunch of, like, wannabe comedians, you know? So it's, like, a different story on how we look at movies or shows mm -hmm. or cinema in general. Uh, You know, I think the things that make feel the happiest, at least for me, are things that I connected to when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I was always a big fan of Marvel, I was always, you know, I, I was reading comics since I was like eight years old. Uh, one of, I think it was like my 13th or 14th birthday, all my friends to go see the first X-Men movie. Like the first time Hugh Jackman was in it, and it was like 2001. And that was like my birthday. My parents were like, what do you want to do? I'm like, bring everybody to see the X-Men. Cause I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I, I you know, now we are, we're here at the state now with Marvel and we're post end game. And, obviously Endgame I saw it in theaters like four or five times I was just like every anytime I could go I was going to watch that movie and, you know I still love Marvel I know some people there's been a ton of news out there especially with that book that's come out the reign of the MCU mm-hmm. and and all this news that Variety just dropped I think today so all these things but at the same time if I just want to like put on something and feel good and and hopefully aspire a little bit of these heroes I see on screen like I'll put on an Avengers movie or I'll put on you know, Black Panther. I, I love Wakanda Forever. I, I feel like I understand people saying that Wakanda Forever, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, like some of them are, kind of had a little bit more sadness to them. But uh, those phases one through three movies just put me in a better spirit. And uh, I don't know. I just I think that's, that's it for me just to be happy and, and kind of hopefully take a little bit of heroic archetype into myself and then go out in the world. Not the best answer.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. And honestly, my answer is the same. Uh, my answer is a movie that really helped me a lot going through some sad times that I kind of relate to a lot is Is Endgame. And specifically Thor's arc in Endgame. And I think I might have mentioned this. I don't think I've mentioned it on this show before. I know I've mentioned it at least somewhere on. On the internet before, but Def- definitely uh, on
0: TikTok. If you're not following them, go follow it <laughs> on TikTok because you've been dropping some dimes on there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like Thor, his his whole arc in that movie, where you know he at the beginning of the movie, or like you know, see at the end of the movie, he basically fails to save everyone. And he wears this weight of responsibility, and he feels like you know he isn't worthy anymore. He's Uh, He loses, he's lost his hammer in Ragnarok. I think seeing Ragnarok flow into this movie, like really helps that. And during the pandemic, it was, I like so many other people were, I was in not a good space. I had, in addition to everything that was going wrong in the world, you know, I had just been through like a pretty gnarly breakup and just like a lot of other stuff. And I, you know, I was also like Thor, not super happy with my weight at the time. And there was a lot of things that I kind of like related to with Thor, you know, and like he has that moment when he like talks about Jane and I was like, oh I get this. You know, and then he just feels like he's not the same Thor. Like he's he he's not good enough anymore. And and then there's that moment when he goes back and he talks to his mom and he calls for his hammer and it comes to him and he starts to like break down a little bit and he says, I'm still worthy. And that hit me so fucking hard. I, I had seen it before the pandemic and that all happened and it was a really good moment but like you said, going back to it later on, and this is already like a five star movie for me but like that moment just hit so much harder and if Thor, the like little Norse god of thunder, like the badass could feel like he's not worthy and then be have this moment where he's like, no, I am still like it. I think that's a really important message for, for all of us, you know? And that's why I think a lot of those Marvel movies are art. They are cinema because, and you know, to varying degrees, but that one, especially it really, it really can, it makes a human connection. Despite all of the bigness and the fantasy and all that, there's still a real human core to those movies. Just like I think there is a real human core to this one. So yeah, uh with that, any any final thoughts on, on Sound of Metal?
0: I mean um his muscles were made of katati steel, so you know if he can not feel worthy, then you know I think it happened to any of us, but uh no 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 uh no that was beautiful and yeah I, I appreciate that. And especially if it's coming from you, then I you know I respect it so much more and doubt my friend you are worthy more than worthy so uh no i have just i i adore this movie i don't use that word a lot to describe movies but i think this is in a very select category for me of movies always kind of send people they're looking if they want to be sad but also are looking for a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel to get out of there you know, I, I mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. I think it's this, I think Coda, I mean, for me, Big Fish does it because of Ewan McGregor's positivity through it all. Yeah. And, you know, whether he could be the most liked person in the world and still not have people like you in that movie, it's his son in this one, you know, he didn't care about anybody liking him except for maybe one person and he does everything to get back to them and it doesn't work out. And yet somehow you still find peace about that. And some, somehow you still realize like who you are is as good as you can be. and. This movie just does that Uh, also putting yourself into someone's shoes like i don't and i probably should have thought of more comparisons going into this but i can't think of any other movie that puts you so well into someone else's shoes where you're like oh my god that would be so tough or that would suck and i just commend anybody out there who is a part of the deaf community or the blind uh, community or physically impaired whatever it is It's it's so tough, and if you see that person putting a smile on their face, like, oh, just just know in your head whether you say something or not. I don't know if I would necessarily want someone coming up to me and be like, "Good for you, man." But like in your head, just think like, man, if they can smile, like, there's a reason for me to smile or for me to laugh, and and I think it's just that it's a constant reminder of that for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to originally share this story, but you know, you, you talked about when you like seeing the deaf community and stuff like that. And I've had so many great experiences with the deaf community. And this was a couple years back when I, my sign was a little less rusty, but I remember a couple years back, I was, I was working in the DVD section of the store I was working at at the time. And there was a deaf woman who came in and I just started like signing with her and stuff like that. And just kind of, talking with her and i could really tell that you know it had, it had been a minute since she'd had like a real conversation we were just kind of shooting the shit and uh she was like asking for movie recommendations and stuff and then um at one point she asked me for children of a lesser god and and uh i i found and you know i, I grabbed it for her. we had the dvd and you know i i checked her out and then um she like kind of got really emotional and like started crying and stuff like that and just was just like you know, it, it's just very, like, I, it was the little like, I didn't do anything, you know, like, I'm not trying to, like, pat myself on the back at all here, because it was just, but, like, just having that connection, like, was, was so cool, and then she, like, she gave me the DVD, I still have it, uh, and she was just like, here you go, make sure you watch this, and it was, it was a really fucking cool moment that I think about a lot, and I think, yeah, it's just, it's so important to, to build connections and those communities, those are really cool things, and I'm, really blessed to be an outsider who's been allowed into this community a little bit so yeah beautiful man
0: that's awesome that's what it's (laughs) all about yeah (laughs) this this is the the power of movies right i mean this is the power of us all being technically or you can you know now going to a movie or sitting down or having the ability to watch something other people, maybe not exactly at the same moment, but then to go online or to connect with friends on podcasts or zoom or call them and be like, Hey, did you watch this? Would you, th-? you know, it's like the, mm-hmm. at our core, we're all the same, you know, <sighs> we're all made of the same stuff. And it's just like, maybe we use different words or maybe we look at things slightly differently. And, and that's kind of the beauty of life in itself. But at the same time, it's like, this is the stuff that uh, like, I, I, love so much. And just that connecting with people who care and, and think about things the same way as me is just, it's so freaking awesome, man. Sick. And that's why I thank you for putting this movie on the list. And I'm thank you for having me on here to talk about it.
1: Thank you for coming on and thank you for choosing it. Like,
0: uh. <laughs> Oh boy. Now we're just going back and forth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gushing All right, well, over and over. Well, that, I think, I think that's a, that's a perfect place to end it before we end it. Where where can people find you? Where can people find your shows?
0: Yeah, man. yeah, thank you for that. Um, You can follow us at the Joystick Show on any of the social media. It's J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W. Again, anywhere on social media. And for Challenge Accepted, you can find us at Challenge Accepted Live on social media. And the podcast. are both those names. So, yeah, if you search on your bar, we're on all the podcast platforms and on YouTube.
1: Yep. and then yeah i'll just mention that same thing for underrated we're on all the podcast apps just look up underrated movie podcast on any of the whatever your podcast player of choices if you can give us five stars it's a little thing and it makes huge difference or you know if you want to follow us that's all underrated movie podcast and all the socials uh we're on youtube now uh and we also have a patreon uh so if you want to follow us on patreon we have options for $1, $3, and $5. So if you want to do $1, uh, there's plenty of perks. You'll get a shout-out on the show. Uh, and then there's going to be some changes to that recently. So there's going to be a few more perks coming even at the $1 level. Um, if you're at the $5 level, though, you also get to uh, select a movie for us to cover. So if you want to do that after, six, after your patron or a producer patron for six months at that $5 level, you can choose a movie for us to cover. We got to do Jackie Brown not too long ago. That was a lot of fun. Uh, And at the $3 level, there's also an exclusive sports movie podcast called Underdogs. I should mention I'm also on another podcast, which the Midnight Film Society, look that up. That's where me and my friend Damien, who who has been on this show, talk about kind of more movie up-to-date news, uh, what has been out recently. Um, So definitely check that out, Midnight Film Society. It's on all the podcasting apps. Uh, and then next week uh, is going to be our Christmas episode here on Underrated. Uh, I'm going to have Art from the Cozy Christmas or a Cozy Christmas podcast talking about the Christmas Zombie Musical Anna in Apocalypse. Should have a lot of fun with that. Looking forward to that. But yeah, once again, Thomas, thank you for coming on. Thank you for thank you for sharing those those stories, the, the personal. I always love it when people bring something like that to the show. But until next time, everybody, I'll see y'all later.